What's up, guys? This is Miles Markowitz. And this is Brad Thomas. Here to give you the best sports insights to beat your book. You only need to ask one question. What's the spread? Welcome in. What's the spread? We are off and running on a Thanksgiving week of football. Brad, I can tell you're excited about something. I'm excited, How are we feeling? I get, you know, it's not often where you get a holiday on your birthday, you get football on your birthday, and then for the nice nightcap, the icing on the cake, the cherry on top, we get the Iron Bowl. I'm so stoked. Like, these glasses say let's party because that's all I'm going to be doing. Watching sports, drinking alcohol, and watching Alabama kick butt. You got Bama-Auburn on Saturday. Uh, we get football all day Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, it's just one of those weeks yes. uh, for Thanksgiving. And I know that you're excited about the Iron Bowl. We'll get to that. But we have more important batters to attend to okay. first. The first college football playoff rankings are being released tonight. We get to wait and see how the committee or what the committee thinks of this just insane college football season in these COVID and pandemic times, it's it's going to be very telling. This these might, first rankings. Honestly, might be the most random rankings we've ever seen. Yeah. It kind of is going to remind me of like when we saw Mississippi State at number one. Oh, I remember. Like there's going to put Cincinnati or someone like that way too high, and everyone's going to be like, they have a chance. They have a chance. And then by the end of the football season, they're going to realize that they didn't have a chance. Right. Uh, let's see if they have a chance in our rankings. Okay. Uh, every week we've been breaking down our college football playoff rankings, top 10. We're going to do it again this week. At number 10, I've got the Oregon Ducks. Uh, little uh, chippy last Saturday with a 38-35 win over UCLA. With UCLA without their starting quarterback, I'm going to give Oregon the benefit of the doubt here. Uh, they looked really good in the first two games. Still don't really know what to make of the Pac-12 yet. No, not at all. Um, but I'm, I'm still keeping Oregon at number 10 and in the race. Who you got at 10? I'm going to talk about Oregon a little bit later. At 10, I have Indiana. Yes, it's a far drop, but I have to punish them for losing because now we're starting to see their wins don't mean as much. I mean, we know how awful Michigan is. We know what Penn State's doing. Like Now we're really starting to see. So they're at 10. I wouldn't call it too much of a punishment, but we have to bring them down because their wins just don't look as good. Who do you got at number 9? Number 9, I have Northwestern. Really surprised me there. Holy smokes. I have nothing else to say besides yeah, I, an absolute bloodbath. I've got Northwestern at number nine as well. Um, they 100% earned a spot in the top ten, especially with how high we were on Wisconsin, yes. especially how high I was on Wisconsin. As, I mean, as well. Um, Northwestern definitely deserves a spot in the top ten, and they deserve uh, to be talked about here. Um, I mean, really good chance to take the West, win their last three games, play Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship. Um, so Northwestern definitely in the conversation. All right, at number eight, I had the Miami Hurricanes. They've been in my top 10 every single week. They did not play a game last weekend. Uh, Still their only loss uh, to Clemson. So I've got the Hurricanes. I have the Hurricanes as well. Um, Pretty much everything you said, I I totally agree with. Hurricanes find a way to win. Yep. Uh, I can't punish them, uh, but I'm definitely not going to move them up on a bye week. All right. Who do you got number seven? Number seven, I have Oregon Ducks. So I think last weekend's game was more of an indication of how... Much improved UCL, sure. UCLA was. Which I think is completely Because fair. I was looking back at UCLA's past games, and I, I admittedly said this. Like, you know, it's impossible to watch every single game. And no matter how yeah. much TVs you have, how much ball you have. So I literally had not watched a UCLA game um, from start to finish. So I had to go back and re-watch some of the games. And they're not as bad as I thought they were. I truly think that Oregon was thrown off a little bit without uh, Dorian Thompson not starting. Um and turnovers that turn into touchdowns, but three and zero, 
I think they'd be all, they'll be all right at, at number seven. I'm with you, man. And you know what? Also, what it goes back to for us and for Oregon is just their pedigree that they've had over the past couple of years, how competitive they've yeah. been. And the fact of the matter is, if they go undefeated in the Pac-12 and hopefully play an undefeated USC, that's what the Pac-12 really needs. Yeah, absolutely. They, they needed an undefeated USC from the South and an undefeated Oregon in the North playing for the Pac-12 title. All right, at number seven, I have Texas A&M. Uh, again, they did not play last weekend, but they're still hanging around. They're very high in the AP poll. Curious to see where the committee ranks them. Uh, I still have them at number seven. All right. My number six. Yep. Uh, Florida Gators. Uh, six and one, you know, Trask is going to win the Heisman. Um, but with the way he's looking, the numbers God. he's putting up, it's going to be hard to argue with that. Um, someone said, someone said to me, I was like, man, Kyle Trask didn't have too great of an outing. And someone said, if I throw for 330 yards and multiple touchdowns on a bad day, right? Like if that's a bad game, then I'll take it. I'm so. good with it. Uh, at number six, I have Indiana. Uh, I kind of have the opposite feeling uh, that you had about the Hoosiers. I am not going to punish them for losing a 42-35 game uh, to Ohio State at all. Um, I'm not moving them in my rankings. Uh, one loss team. I think that Indiana is a team that could finish 7-1. and one. Um, they, they won't have any argument for the playoff at this point, uh, especially if, you know, with Ohio State running the table. Um, but for Indiana, I have them ahead of Texas A&M. Texas A&M, again, got destroyed by Alabama. I think Bama is a better team than Ohio State, uh, but they, they they get blown out. Indiana, the fact of the matter is, they did not get blown out like I thought they were going to. But you're not, they were competitive to the very end. But you're not rewarding Texas A&M for having that ranked win when no. Indiana has none. No, I'm not. Listen, I know that A&M has the win over Florida, but again... I have Florida over a and I'm not. I'm. I'm still not giving AM the benefit of the doubt there, and I'm also not moving Indiana behind when they only lost to Ohio State by seven. I mean, to me, I see that as a win. And AM hasn't played in a while, so they're they're kind of in the back of my what mind. What have you done point. for me lately? It's it's comes down to it. Um, at number five, uh, no mistake, I have Texas A&M. Uh, for me, this is going to be one of those situations where I hope this does not happen. I hope that we don't have a one or multiple loss Pac-12 team. And we have Notre Dame beating Clemson a second time. I don't want the committee to get any ideas about a 9-1 Texas A&M going to the playoffs. Because like you said, and like I've said, they do not deserve to be this high. But I have to put them there because you only play the games on your schedule. And they've done, they've exceeded expectations. Minus the one blemish to the number one team in the country. My prediction tonight is that the committee uh, doesn't want AM anywhere near the playoff. That's that's my prediction. Now, they have in the past favored the SEC and particularly the SEC West. So I, I can't be surprised if they have AM really high or ranked ahead of Florida. The committee knows that it's going to play itself out. Yeah. And they know that Florida's going to play Alabama. They know that um, Clemson is going to play Notre Dame. Yep. Uh, they know all that all this is going to go down. Um, so I. I don't think that they want a nine and one a And M near the playoff, especially with all all the other teams. It makes their job harder. Yeah, especially where where does Cincinnati go? Where does BYU go? We haven't we haven't we don't have Cincinnati or we, we don't have Cincinnati or BYU in our top ten. Right? Uh, how do you know they're not number four? I, no. mean, <laughs> I do not. I, have, I, I think I can do the math. I do not but have either in my at, top ten at this point. I mean, you and I. Let's let's stop there for a second. I have Florida at number five. That hasn't changed for me. Correct. Um, but no Cincinnati or BYU. You know how is the committee going to see them? I think they're going to see them the same way. I think that their their ceiling is seven, and I think yeah. their ceiling is seven all season. 
And it should kind of like how UCF was nine during their right their and lucky run. UCF had trouble getting inside the top ten. Yeah, uh, early when yep. you know when when they were winning games just as impressively as Cincinnati. So why should that change now? Because has UCF paved the way all of a sudden? Yeah, you know because of the damage. That, if you set that a precedent, you have to keep it. Is my in my opinion right? So I think that the committee has to be uh, consistent with those rankings and. They're they're gonna have to take the backlash. I mean, it's it's a group of five. When you're looking at BYU, it's a team with a really weak schedule. Uh, there's been so much analysis on well, if a top five team played the schedule, uh, you know, it, then they would do it the same that Cincinnati has done it. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah. It, it matters who you're playing week in and week out. All right, top four. Who you got? Go ahead and just break it down for me. Four through one. Four through one. Number four, Clemson Tigers. Um, I don't think that uh, Clemson will beat Notre Dame because there's too much drama going on in the locker room right now. Dabo Sweeney, man, this is one of those situations where you just got to be quiet, man. Like, if Florida State ducked you, they ducked you. I understand you want more games for Trevor to win the the Heisman, but come on, relax, dog. Number three, Ohio State Buckeyes. Sorry, dropped you a little bit there. Um, I I don't have much to say about that. You had Ohio State at three, right? I believe I had them at number two. Oh, did you? Okay, well, that was nice of you. Um, number two, <laughs> Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Um, and then number one, Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, I, we don't have to say too much about Alabama, but there are parts and times of being an Alabama fan that really scare me, and this is one of them, because I wish we'd face a little bit more adversity going into the SEC Championship. Uh, like, you guys had your adversity last week. We did, yeah. But but the thing with Bama is they've been so damn good that there really hasn't been much adversity. I mean, really, uh, Brad, their adversity was down at halftime to Georgia. Yeah. And, you know, look at how they came out and responded in that second half. If A&M is as good as everybody keeps ranking them, you guys beat them by 30. Yeah. Um. So Bama has been really impressive, and that kind of leads me to, to my next point. Uh, I still have Notre Dame at four. I still have Clemson at three. Uh, I still think Clemson is a better team than Notre Dame. I still think that Clemson is a better program than Notre Dame. That's just where I'm at right now. Number two, I have Ohio State. Number one, I have Alabama. I had Ohio State at number one because Ohio State previously had not given me any indication that they were not the number one team in the country until last week. Um, I was just speechless uh, to the plays that we were giving up to Penix uh, and Fry Fogle in that Indiana offense. I mean, he throws for like 500 yards, five touchdowns. We were up 35-7 to at one yeah. point. I mean, there is just no excuse for giving up a lead like that and giving Indiana a chance to win at the end of the game when you were up 35 to 7. I think that there are some things that can be fixed structurally and schematically because I think the talent is still there for us. And again, it was only our fourth game of the year. Uh we had a game canceled last weekend. I'm still really happy that we came out and got the win against who I think is a really good top 10 team in Indiana. Yes. But Alabama is just head and shoulders above the rest of the country right now. I'm really curious to see if they can just keep that going to the end of the year and I think that it's very possible that they can't. I think that Florida is going to be, in my opinion, by far the best team that they are going to have played this year yeah. because of the way the Florida's playing right now. Absolutely. Because of how well Trask is playing right now, that's going to be their challenge. Yep. Um, and Alabama is going to get challenged more than anybody in the country this year with the schedule that they had, with games against Texas A&M and Florida, really, just those two. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in Georgia as well. Georgia at the time was 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 very highly ranked, and um, so... You know, for me, Bama is just, I mean, Brad, 63 to 3. Um, I don't care that it was Kentucky. And it wasn't uh, even it was running a up the score. Point win. It was wild. Like, I was like, we're not even running up the score. We're just dominating on yeah. like, every facet of the game. It was uh, never a game. And, and this is the same team. This is the same Kentucky team that's been competitive yes. in games, but Bama just made them look just completely off their game the entire time. All right. 
having that said, let's go ahead and get into the games uh, for... I would say this weekend, but we got some we got some Friday games. Yes. We got the Iron Bowl. We do. Let's go and kick it off uh, with Friday at 12 o'clock. One of my favorite days of the year for college football, especially when there's good games. And we got two top 25 matchups. Yes. We got number 15, Iowa State. Number 20, Texas. Texas, one and a half point favorites. All of a sudden, this Big 12 race is wide open. Wow. After an Oklahoma win over OK State last weekend. Who do you like here? Uh, Miles, this is... This stinks. Honestly... You throw me down a drain and and turn on the grinder because I have no idea who I want. So I'm going to have to go with the home team here. Uh, one and a half point favorite. I know Iowa State looks great against Kansas State, 50, 45 to zero. But you just look at this. I mean, Iowa State, two and four against the spread in their last seven Friday games. One and four against the spread against a team with winning records. But the same thing goes to Texas. Has all the terrible trends. One, four, and one against the spread in their last six. Also, Texas since 2000, uh, two, eight, and one against the spread as home favorites of three points or less. That's over the past 20 years. Pretty large sample size. Um, I like that you're taking the home team. It's pretty much a toss up here. I'm going to go ahead and go with Iowa State, and that's specifically just with how dominant they've looked. God. Whereas I haven't seen Texas play a game since November 7th. Yep. And I'm not saying that that's the reason that I'm taking Iowa State because I don't think that that should be a reason that you take this bet. Uh, ignore the fact that Texas hasn't played a game in that long because we've seen teams not play well. Coming off of a long break, and we've seen teams play really well yep. uh, coming off a long break. So, no idea what to expect. We know that Texas can put up points. We know that Iowa State with Brees Hall has been dominant My on the ground. God. Purdy has been way better. Iowa State outgained a pretty good Kansas State team, 539-149. Yes. Shut them out last Saturday. So, I'm I, I'm just going with the hotter team here. No, no, that's totally understandable. I was on Kansas State plus 12 and a half. I bought it to thirteen. Yeah, a twelve and a half point spread. They win forty five to nothing. It, it, um, they didn't. They were. There was no chance of me live betting that game because Vegas set the live bet so high. I think it was like minus thirty before I could even blink. Yeah. Um, but for Texas, I think they're going to come out be really competitive. I'm hoping for a close game here. And all of a sudden, Iowa State's got the inside track to win the conference. Yes. So. Really, it's just kind of me pulling for them, too, because this, this would be a perfect year for them to slip in and win the Big 12 Conference. All right, the next one I'm really excited about. Who we got? We have number two, Notre Dame, Fighting Irish. Three-and-a-half-point favorite, traveling to North Carolina. Listen, great Friday hmm. game. Yeah. Anticipate a ton of points, but I'm definitely going with Notre Dame. 100%. You have to go with Notre Dame here, minus three-and-a-half, and if not for just how... Just awful. The North Carolina defense has looked. I remember texting you a couple weekends ago. Uh, and I think that was the... No, it was... Yeah, it was the Wake Forest game. And I say, who is playing defense for North... Uh, do they just... Are they getting high schoolers off the street to come in and bad. play defense? I and, mean... And most of those defensive players are returning starters. Yeah. So, been really surprising. Guys, I know that North Carolina can put up points. There's going to be a lot of points in this game. Uh, but there's no way that North, or, uh, that, that North Carolina is going to be able to outscore Notre Dame when... They're just not playing good defense. No. I look over the past, and this is a large sample size. I got games. Okay, how about the Virginia Tech game? 56 to 45, North Carolina wins. They gave it 45. Gross. To Virginia Tech. Then they lose to Florida State, 31-28. And Florida State doesn't even look like a competent football team right now. And they not only do they give up 31, they lose the game. Yes. Uh, really good win against NC State. Then they lose to Virginia, who, don't forget, Virginia at the time had the worst pass defense in the entire conference. They lose the game 44 to 41. Yes. So no confidence there. They give up 24 to Duke, and then they give up 53 to Wake Forest, and it took a miracle comeback in the second half to even win that game, 59-53. to 53. So with how good Ian Book has looked and the Notre Dame offense has looked, everyone wants to talk about the Notre Dame defensive struggles. Why? Because they gave up 
31 to Boston College and because Clemson put up 40 yeah. plus on them? It's Clemson. It's Clemson. Uh, so, yeah, N- North Carolina is going to score their points, but I thought for sure this spread would be seven and a half or eight. Dude, wild. Like, I mean, I feel like this is a great position to be here. I mean, when you're a team that's allowing 30 points per game, how do you stop a, a team that's dominant? And, you know, the, the worst part for North Carolina is their pass defense. Their pass defense is 95th in the country. Well, not like they can load the box. You can't load the box when you got you can't cover over top. Yeah. So that means uh, Kyron Williams is just gonna run for a thousand yards, and Ian Book's gonna look like a Heisman Trophy can't Heisman Trophy contender. Like, I'm sorry, UNC backers. To me, this will get ugly. I think it still stays with inside the two touchdown score, but it will be one of those situations where if UNC is gonna want to win. They're gonna have to have the grittiest comeback performance you've seen. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think the game will ever really be out of hand uh, for Notre Dame. I, yes. I think that, that the the win is gonna be there the entire time. Again, North Carolina is gonna score their points, but it's only gonna take a couple mistakes early for North Carolina to, to throw themselves completely out of out of the game. Yeah, uh, and for Notre Dame to take advantage because I don't see the Tar Heels getting any stops. All right, let's move on to Saturday. Let's get to the Iron Bowl. Uh, one of the biggest spreads I can remember. Yes. For this uh, game, Alabama-Auburn, uh, Bama coming in as 23.5-point favorites. Go ahead, my friend. I'm going to take the Alabama Crimson Tide minus 23.5. Listen, this is a revenge game. You don't think Mac Jones had this game marked on his calendar? My God, let me tell you something. I looked back at past home Alabama Iron Bowls, and I went back to the past four games because that's the past eight years, and I was like, are these always close? Absolutely not. Average margin of victory for Alabama in home Iron Bowl games over the past eight years, 27 points per game. I'm just going to read them off to you. 52, 21, 30, 12, 55, 44, 49, 0. We're talking about the same Auburn team who was down 10-0 at the half to Tennessee. Alabama 4-0 gets to spread their last four. 6-0 gets to spread their last six at home. 5-0 against the spread in their last six total. 63-3 against Kentucky. We have Bo Picks coming in here. He has looked better since uh, their loss to SC three games ago. But, man, I mean, he has half as many interceptions as he does touchdowns. I mean, 10 touchdowns, five interceptions. I mean, Auburn hasn't given me any indication this entire year that they can come in here and even cover 23-and-a-half, 24, 24-and-a-half. I don't care what it is. I got Bama win this game something like 48-16. I... I, I I think that the the talent differential is is so big this year. Um, like you said, big revenge game. Auburn, down to the Volunteers last week, gave up 464 total yards to Tennessee. Alabama only allowed 60 yards in the final three quarters of that Kentucky Wild. Game, and they scored touchdowns on 8 of 11 possessions. The home team in the Iron Bowl in the last eight meetings, the home team is 6-2 and two against the spread. Bama has covered five of their last six games, and they've done it each time by nine points or more. Yes. Crimson Tide, easy cover here. I got a big win for Alabama. I love it. Roll, Tide, roll. You got anything else? That's all I have to say. I'm so excited for this game. Listen, this is a chance for Mac Jones to to revenge himself. I said that, but this is another chance for him to kind of jump again, Kyle Trask. Yep. I think for the rest of the season, it's going to go Trask, Jones, flip-flop, flip-flop. And... Guys, listen, if you live in Orlando, I'm going to be downtown Orlando, sipping on a White Claw, watching the game. Hit me up because I'm going to be excited. I haven't decided which Alabama player jersey I'm going to wear, but I'm going to wear someone. I might wear one and then bring another one to change a hat. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, man, we got our rapid fire NFL picks coming up. Uh, but before we do, uh, let's go ahead and break for our sponsors. Hey, Miles, you know, it'd be pretty cool if there's a social media app just for sports. You know, Brad, I was just thinking that like a social media app where there's a feed where you can post about your picks, see what others are saying about the game. And you know how I love to see how the lines move throughout the week. Well, you're in luck. Vigit is the best social media platform just for sports. When you download Vigit, use promo code SPREAD and create your account today. All right, Brad. You know, with the NFL and Thanksgiving week, uh, we don't usually do Turkey Day games, but we're doing that this year. It's All right. super stoked. Yeah, we got uh, we got two Thursday games to talk about here. We got uh, probably the most intense 3-7 and seven versus 3-7 and seven matchup in the history of the NFL. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> we got the Washington football team, the Dallas Cowboys, guys. Uh, the Cowboys are two and a half point favorites. It's been a few weeks since we talked about the boys because we love to talk about them on this show, but there hasn't been much to talk about no. recently. But I'm going to tell you something right now. Andy Dalton and company. He's settling in a little bit more to this playbook. Really impressive win against the Vikings he last week. really solid. I'm taking the boys at home here, minus two and a half. Take the Cowboys at home, too. And listen, the, as the season goes on, the Cowboys are going to get more and more healthy. Yeah. Where the they defenses can, looked really impressive. Yes. And also, Washington's win, although I was on Washington last weekend. I was, too, yeah. They were not going to win that game if Joe Burrow stays healthy. Right. And that's yeah. clear as day. Yeah, I was I was all over Washington there because I was really high on just the way their defense and their yeah. pass rush has been playing. Uh, but Burrow was doing okay. Yeah, he was. Um, so I, I I'm just really liking the confidence that Dalton is playing with right now. Three touchdowns, only uh, to one interception. Zeke finally I mean, had a hundred yard rushing yeah. game. Uh, Pollard looks really good. Pollard looks good. Uh, the defense is much improved. The Cowboys all of a sudden have the inside track to win the division. Yes. Uh, which which I can easily see. Dalton is a quarterback that he's going to make his mistakes, and he proved that time after time. But now that he's had time to settle into the offense, I got plenty of confidence here that the boys can come away with a Thanksgiving Day uh, Absolutely. Win this is such a Cowboys spot right now. Yeah. Like, at home, on Thanksgiving, come on. All right, now the big one on Thursday night. We got the Baltimore Ravens, the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers, minus three and a half. They're 10 and 0. They're great against the number. I'm taking the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Listen, for me, it's more of a fade of the Washington Ravens. Washington Ravens. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> maybe they'll name themselves the yeah, Ravens. Maybe. Just take the Ravens' names. Yeah. Listen, we said this before. When you have a great player in the NFL, like an MVP candidate like Lamar Jackson, play an entire year yeah. of great football, that is an entire year of opposing coaches getting that film. Yes. The Ravens are going to have to switch it up. We know Lamar Jackson, we don't know this, but we assume he's not the best thrower of the football. But we only know that because of the limitations that the the offensive playbook puts on them. It's time to switch it up. It's time to start getting players more involved, which they tried to do when they were losing. Try to get Des Bryant into the game. Mark Andrews finally had a big big touchdown and a big game. Uh, J.K. Dobbins is really starting to come on. But Dobbins and Ingram are both going to be out due to COVID. Yeah, so So that's... What, you think we're relying on Gus Edwards and Lamar Jackson? I did see somewhere funny that said... <laughs> Baltimore's top two running backs are on COVID list and will be not playing in this game. And someone responded and said, "Wait, Lamar Jackson ain't playing because <laughs> <laughs> he is the best running." Steelers' back. run defense is amazing, and there's no way you're gonna, no way Lamar is gonna throw on Mika Fitzpatrick and company. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with the Steelers here, and really for the same reason, it's a fade against the Ravens. Yeah, uh, and. Really, we've been saying this on the podcast all year and since that loss to the Titans in the playoffs last year. And I said it right away, and it wasn't an overreaction. I said, listen, 
Vrabel just proved that if you put together a good game plan against Lamar Jackson, you stop him. Yes. And now that we have all that film, Lamar's struggling. Yes. And now all of a sudden the Ravens are looking like they're going to fight for their lives just for a playoff spot in a very strong AFC. Absolutely. At what point do they switch it up? Like you, you cannot keep doing the same thing over and over again yeah. and, and expect different results. Yeah. So Steelers uh, do have a really tough stretch coming up here. Uh <laughs> We'll see if, if I mean if they can do sixteen and zero. I it's in their grasp. Yeah. Uh, but but I think that uh, they're more likely to lose against a team like the Bills. I think they also play. I forgot who the other tough one is, but uh, it's not going to be here. All right. What we got next? Next revenge game: Tennessee Titans traveling to the Indianapolis Colts. Three and a half point favorite for the Colts. I'm taking the Titans. Who are you taking? I like the points with the Titans as well, Brad. Love the points. Um, plus three and a half. Uh, and mostly for me, it's just I'm I love these revenge games in the NFL. Um. We talked about the Chiefs and the Raiders. Uh, that was a very similar situation. It's so hard to beat a team twice in one year. Yes. And especially when, as we said, the Colts did it with special teams plays. Yep. So that doesn't really give you a lot of confidence uh, that they're going to come in here and cover three and a half. Uh, whereas the, the Colts could win a close game, and I would still cover with the Titans. But I think the Titans are going to win the game. I think it's going to be a lot closer than everyone believes. I see a lot of people hammering the Colts. And a lot of yeah. it is because these games are playing, but their games are playing aren't buried that aren't, aren't that big of victories like right close games right and I've I've been fading the Colts I, I'm still not a believer in the Colts uh, I understand that they've been playing really good football I, I, and, but, but listen I'm I, I'm just thinking the playoffs here and I just don't think that this Colts is, is, is a playoff caliber team that that, that can go in and, and beat some of the best teams uh when it matters listen how wild that sounds right now so remember I told you about my Miami um Super Bowl bet that I placed you know <laughs> totally fandom sure yeah I went back on the board again to look to see what was available Colts are sitting at a plus eleven hundred, which I'm was sorry, good. honestly I'm surprised it's not higher. But I'm not touching that. Maybe yeah. twenty two hundred I'd take, but I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender. I don't think so either. Uh, so so I think there's a lot of hype on them right now, and uh, don't don't sleep on the Titans here. All right, we're gonna go ahead and end it with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Rough night uh, on Monday for Tom Brady and company. The L.A. Rams. You know, in the beginning of the season, I didn't really know what to, uh, what to think of them. You and I were pretty low on the Rams in the beginning of the year, uh, just because. Uh, oh, that's what I did. What was that? You reminded me. Go ahead now. No, tell no, you no. I, I, I was just saying, like early on in the year, uh, the, the Rams' defense didn't look as good as they have in the past three weeks. Uh, I wasn't a believer in golf, but I'm telling you right now, McVay is just that good of a coach. He's such an amazing and, coach, right? And that's. You know, that's that's why I said in the beginning, too, is that uh, me not believing in the Rams wasn't an indictment on McVay. I, he's one of the best coaches. In, and here's the thing. His teams are getting better. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, the Rams are just defensively shut down. Goff, are you kidding me? I mean, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. My God, both night, for over 100 yards, both for eight-plus catches. Listen, you reminded me what I did. I, in a fit of rage last night, I went and took the, the Rams to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> I was just so pissed. I mean, I was put 20 bucks on the Rams. I think it was like 20 to win like 230 or something. Sean McVay is such an amazing coach because you're playing against the number one rush defense in the league and you can't get you can't get yards in the, on the ground. So what does he do? He gets his receivers out in space. And a four a three or four yard screenplay is just like a three or four yard run, and it's effective and efficient. For me, that game, and I'm just gonna talk about that game for two seconds yeah, because sure. it's a reason that I'm gonna talk about the, the Chiefs game. Byron Leftwich, this is for you, man. We cannot go out here and play the Kansas City Chiefs and have a throw-off. Brady should not throw the ball 50-plus times. Establish the run and build from there. 
Because if you don't establish the run, exactly why Brady got picked off so many times. Yeah, he made bad reads. But the Rams didn't have to bring their safeties up at all. They could play two high safeties, affectionately named after our team, the Tampa 2. They were just sitting back in our coverage. Jordan Fuller from the Ohio State. They were sitting back in our coverage. Two, two picks. And picked yep. us because we could not establish the run. But it's not. we didn't even try to establish the run. We weren't down big. I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs here and not even thinking twice about it. The number is going to move quick and, and, and fast. Yeah, this uh, Chiefs minus three is a line that we had before the game last night. I'm sure it's it's going to go up. It's at but, three and a half now. Uh, okay, so I'm taking the Chiefs either way. Yes. Uh, with how that performance that Tampa Bay had, and then also we got some trends here. I mean, listen, we don't talk about Kansas City on the podcast too much because their spreads are always so high. Yep. We, we said that last week, but they're still a covering machine. They're 15 and three against the spread in their last 18 games. Six and one against the spread in their last seven road games. The Bucks are 2-8-2 two, two against the spread in their last 12 home games. The Chiefs just look like a better football team right now. Yeah, and the problem, what this is going to be a correlating stat for the Bucks. The Bucks are now 9 out of their last 12 home games hit the over, which means the Bucks don't play defense. They're not good at defense. We're great stopping the run, but you have guys like Carlton Davis making bad reads. You have Jamel Dean, who might not be active for this game, uh, due to concussion. But anyways, you have guys like Jamel Dean who who knows their limitations. And then we have our biggest problem of all, zero pressure on the quarterback. If you have a quarterback sit back there all day and eat a sandwich before he throws the ball, I'm sure he'll find an open receiver. All right, man. We uh, agree on all four of the NFL games. Uh, should be a really great week. Uh, enjoy the birthday. Enjoy the Thank trip. You. Have a great Thanksgiving. Everybody out there, enjoy the football. Oh. Enjoy what we have. It's been a crazy, hectic, pandemic-filled season. Uh, but it's still Thanksgiving, and we still have football, so a lot to be thankful for. Lot, I'm very thankful that my family is letting me plan the entire birthday trip because everything everything we're doing is time-slotted to where we either can watch a full football game or we'll be there by the half. Everything's timed perfectly. Guys, I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Me and Miles are both thankful for every listener we have out there. Yes, we are. Be sure to download the podcast and have a great time with your families.